you. Thank you very much, everybody. Sorry to keep you waiting. Complicated business. Complicated. Thank you very much. I've just received a call from Secretary Clinton. She congratulated us, it's about us, on our victory. And I congratulated her and her family on a very, very hard-fought campaign. I mean, she, she fought very hard. In the early hours of the 9th of November, 2016, Donald Trump was declared the winner of the US presidential election. While he'd narrowly lost the popular vote, he'd won more states than Hillary Clinton and had thus won the Electoral College. His victory sent shockwaves throughout the whole country. No one had predicted this result. I'm Mike Peebles, and this is Outside View. This week, I'll be looking at how Donald Trump won the 2016 presidential election. In New York, where I was for the election, the mood was despondent. You probably won't appreciate the change in mood um, from here, but goodness, it is not a happy place here. Um, the, the race hasn't been called formally yet, but it looks like Donald Trump's going to win it. Um, and shit, there's a lot of despondent, upset people. People are leaving before the concession speech and I think there's a real sense of you know, where do we go from here um, fuck <laughs> and then immediately following the election there were the protests across all the major cities in America I attended one in Chicago and soaked up the ambience Asking what are we doing here today? Uh, even though the protest is declared anti-Trump, it's more of a protest of how the current state of government and political affairs has been going on. Gotcha. Can you elaborate on that for me? Uh, yeah. Even though Trump has been elected and Trump is kind of the epitome of white nationalism and white supremacy, the problem is that the Democrats kind of allowed that to happen because they've ignored major issues for years and slowly drifted right. And so they didn't really set up a challenge when it came to confronting Trump and came to confronting the Republican Party. Interesting. 
Okay. Uh, why do you think that Trump won? I think Trump won because that there was uh, a combination of factors, but biggest being simultaneously class and race. Yeah. It's hard to really say one or another. I mean, when we look at how white women voted in mass for Trump, yeah. and then if you look across lines, uh, class wasn't really a factor. Yeah. But there is a lot of economic pressure that poor people who did overwhelmingly vote for Hillary Clinton still funneled in middle class as well to vote for Trump. And so it's just like, you have this tension, you have this white supremacy that's kind of reinforcing all these old fears that are emerging. And fear is going to be a quick responder than anything else. What do you think the next four years hold? Honestly, I don't know, because if Hillary got in, even though I have problems with Hillary, she was predictable. Yeah. Trump is far less predictable, and when we look at his cabinet, uh, it's uh, the list of who's worst case scenario, and every single one of them is pretty terrible. And so it's going to be really interesting, hard to predict next four years. Yeah, I think so much, man. Much appreciate it. While there, I also came across a pro-Trump counter-protester. Curiosity got the better of me. Mind if I ask you a couple of questions on, like, records? Sure. So what are we doing here today? Uh, I'm uh, showing my support for the uh, 45th President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. You're showing support for Donald Trump? Yes. Why are you doing that? Uh, just to show that there's other voices here, besides right. these, uh, these large crowds. Right. Why do you think he won? Because uh, people like me voted for him. And why did you vote for him? Um... Because I think he has the best program to uh, protect the middle class and bring the middle class back to its important position in this country. Okay. Can you give any more details on this? Yeah. Like, uh, what 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 issues are you interested in? Economic or social or political or? Just any. I'm just curious. Well, I think uh, economically, uh, we need tax cuts for the middle class. We need policies that encourage uh, manufacturing to locate in this country with uh, hopefully tariffs on foreign manufactured goods in at least in certain industries. Um, we need to uh, we need to stop the drug problem in this country. We need serious work at the border and to make it uh, make it harder for people to get those opioids that they become addicted to. I, I hope he'll do something about that. We need to uh, stop illegal immigration. It's getting out of control. Uh, something needs to be done because there's millions and millions of people who might potentially come to this country and, and are trying to come here. And we, you know, we're a big country, but we can't absorb, you know, 100 million third world Central Americans or Mexicans or whatever. I want to help those people, but immigration is not a solution to all of the world's problems. There's too many countries that are basket cases that are failed states, their societies are collapsing. The solution to all that is not to have as many of these people as possible come here. First of all, it won't, they won't find what they're looking for here. If, second of all, what about all the people who can't come here? You need to do something to help those people. They need to actually fix those countries and not look for, not look for little solutions that make us feel good or make us feel like we're doing something but aren't actual long-term solutions. Right. Thanks for that. Um, sure. Cheers. About a week later, while I was in Detroit, I sat down with an interning journalist for an interview about Detroit City. She gave me a good sense of the bewilderment that so many people are feeling about Trump. Am I allowed to swear for your podcast? Yeah, yeah. You're more than welcome to. Okay. I have no clue what the hell happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, 
it's hard because in my opinion I'm one of those that I think he's a misogynistic egotistical type of guy and I still don't know how he won (laughs) Um, but I look at for instance my grandfather who's middle class white guy who feels that he has a lot of his rights were taken away when Obama was in office and I think Trump drew to those people and those people really liked what he had to say because at the end of the day he's an outsider it's the reason why everyone all the millennials so to speak everyone was on the Bernie Sanders train yeah he was an outsider he yes Bernie Sanders was in Congress but he said we need to get rid of this establishment and that's what Trump did and Trump was able to win it and it sounds terrible but at the end of the day both teams both groups had a lot of money so you have a big billionaire old white guy in office Hmm. yeah yeah. I just hope I mean we can't change it we can't it was our democratic that's our democratic system and it worked Um, even though a lot of us don't agree it's hard when one wins the popular vote and then the other wins the election Um, but I just hope that he somehow tones down what he said I don't know if he will I can only hope (laughs) yeah Um, can you tell me a little bit more about why you think he won because at the end of the day people liked some of what he said I mean, you look at the women women vote, and a lot of women did vote for Trump, mm. even though he has said all of those things mm. toward, about women. I don't, I think he just, what he said resonated with a lot of people, mm. and he won. What do you think about the statement that he was very much running on, which was, make America great again? I get it. I I believe America is already great. It's a great country. I think it has a lot of flaws, but I I get when he says make America great again in terms of the middle class and I think it's because I'm from the middle class that I understand some of what he said that the middle class has suffered. Um I think making America great again is in his way we need to fix what has been broken because I think I think a lot of things have been broken and he has a long way to go because right now this country is broken Mm. it literally his statement is make America great again as soon as he won the election because as soon as he won it this I feel I feel this country kind of fell apart Mm. I it is so divided and I I don't know I truly don't know how he's gonna unite this country Mm. like his job is to truly make America great again and make America stable I feel like it's a little I think he destabilized it a little bit because Essentially, everything was turned upside down. The Republican establishment is completely turned upside down because Trump won. The Democratic, the Democrat establishment is completely turned upside down. I mean, we, the Democrats don't have 
the House. They don't have the Senate. They don't have the presidency. And come January, they're not going to have the Supreme Court. The result of the 2016 presidential election was far more monumental than the result of any other election that I've ever seen. And for everyone that I spoke to, the result meant far more than any other presidential election before it. And this was because the result wasn't normal. The election race wasn't a normal one. It was dominated by scandal for both candidates, whether fairly or not. And Donald Trump certainly wasn't a normal candidate. Whereas normally, candidates fight to avoid offending anyone, Donald Trump seemed to relish going against the grain. There were shades of 2005 Don Brash in his speeches. Actually, shades is probably too weak of a word. Donald Trump's campaign actively played to people's biases. Build a wall to keep Mexican immigrants out. Ban all Muslims from entering the country. Lock Hillary Clinton up because of her emails. Drain the swamp. Punish women for getting abortions. How were these messages so effective, I wondered? I ended up speaking to a fellow traveller, an Australian called Liam Tanniane, who, like me, is something of a political junkie. Just a warning, this conversation was recorded in a Greasy Spoon diner, so there is a bit of background noise. Like, it's not even an issue that's isolated to the US. It's happening everywhere in the world. You saw it with Brexit. Um, you see it, like, with Le Pen in France. Yeah. Um, and then with the rise of the hard right in Germany as well as Italy with their constitutional referendum. Um, it's all these... It's, it's, a frail, it's a frailty with the left around the world to engage in conversation about stuff that they regard as racist or bigotry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the problem is they, they, see, they see the fear that people have and but don't recognize it sorry as fear they recognize it as hate yeah um fear isn't ignorant and it is oh, i mean it, it could be ignorant but it isn't it isn't uh bigotry yeah. oh yes please yeah um you don't make sense so you reckon so you were just saying before about like the closeted trump supporters who yeah um a lot of people have uh, well, I mean, and in this country particularly, have a genuine fear about Islamic terrorism. Yeah. I mean, you you had 9-11 uh, 15 years ago, which was probably, the, well, I mean, it's the worst attack on a Western country ever. Yeah. Um, and it was so, um, it, it wasn't even response to anything. It wasn't a response to anything in particular, at least like... Yeah. Uh, terrorism now you have it in response to a war that was uh, that the Americans went to in Iraq and started yeah um, as well as a as a terrorist group yeah. you didn't really have that before um, I mean like Al Qaeda was always around but it was never it, it, it wasn't a legitimate attack mm. it was so unprovoked yeah and um, I mean, historically, you can look at different instances where it, it could have been provoked from, but it wasn't in response to mm. any of those particularly. Yeah. And do you think that's why um, part of why Trump won? Because obviously, like, you could argue that Obama and Clinton to some extent have been doing a fairly good job on yeah. terror. They, they have, um, but people... Trump, Trump offered something that people never heard from a politician before. Yeah. Um, uh, a, 
a genuine, a genuine like relook at where this country is going, um, and, and pointing out that there is a problem that exists. Um, and unlike Clinton and Trump, giving a clear solution to it as well, yeah. like a very dangerous solution, a solution I disagree with completely, but yeah. a solution nevertheless. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people who are fed up with illegal immigration as well. Yeah. Um, and and uh, while the majority of them are white men, you can't discount the um, the minority of Hispanics uh, of Hispanic Americans who are also sick of illegal immigration because they are classed in the same group as illegal immigrants even though they have made a proper processing uh, to, uh, gone through proper processes to become American citizens gotcha so yeah so um, didn't I mean didn't Reagan and I was reading somewhere have like the same slogan make America great again he did yeah uh, that's why Trump's campaign was just so it, it, it was literally a joke on the Republican Party his whole campaign yeah um, it was Reminiscent of the new Reagan, pretty much, yeah. and yet the complete opposite ideology of Reaganomics. Yeah. Um, you know, anti-free trade, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I mean, like trying to get rid of NAFTA is just the just the dumbest move in the world. And the rest of the world is trying to become more globalized to yeah. to become isolated. Isolated is just ridiculous. Yeah. When America hasn't been like that since uh, the 1930s. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's very, very poor. But yeah, I mean, it was had the exact same slogan. And it's interesting because, I mean, the, the Rust Belt is in the situation that it is because of the free trade. Yeah. And yet they voted for a man with the exact same slogan as the guy who put them there in the first place. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I do feel that free trade and globalization needs to be a bit more inclusive in America. Yeah. Um, as well as Europe, for, for that matter. Yeah. I mean, Australia has been much better with its with the way that it's uh, globalized, yeah. um, going through systematic structural change uh, yeah. that um, has increased employment rather than decreased. Yeah, absolutely, making sure that people, I suppose, who are put out of work by globalization are able to be put into new work. Yeah, yeah, with uh, better jobs, uh, more efficient jobs, and higher pay. Yeah. Um, yeah, America has has struggled with that to a degree. Yeah. Um, manufacturing uh, work in um, in a very uh, protective country, uh, the workers get paid quite a lot. Yeah. Um, in, in comparison to what they're actually to, to their efficiency levels. Yeah. Um, whereas you know now since since uh, 1980s, America's had. Uh, 40% increase in productivity but only a 1% increase in wage growth. Oh really? Um, and that's not even real wage growth. So yeah. real wage growth has actually dropped. And so yeah, there, there are problems with free trade and the Clinton uh, Clinton um, didn't really want to recognise it. Uh, Obama's been trying to push the TPP. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, the, the Democrats have kind of gone on as business as usual. The yeah. Republicans have done so more so but yeah Trump with an anti-free trade message really um, really motivated a lot of ex-manufacturing workers who don't really know what to do anymore yeah Liam was one of two people that I recorded interviews with who didn't personally support Trump but could empathize with those who did 
He did. He spoke about the economic pressures on the American middle and working classes, and the very real fears that many Americans have about Islamic terrorism. And while he didn't believe that those fears were entirely well-founded, he also thought that it was unwise to write them off. I also spoke to an international student studying in Baltimore called Serby. As an aside, Serby records her own podcast called Let's Get Murdered with Serby. She describes herself as a liberal, however is very critical of a lot of social movements, for instance third wave feminism. I disagree with her personally on many positions, but I also found it interesting to talk about her, about Trump's win. Trump won because America refuses to believe that there are people that don't agree with them. And I say that for both liberals and conservatives. Um, the liberals are going there, you know, thinking, oh my god, there's nobody who can be against gay marriage. How can you do that? You're wrong. You're awful. If you're white, you have so much privilege, okay? Um, then they're pointing to these people in the Midwest, these men who have like six kids, no jobs, no money, living in a rural area where there's been no development for 60 years, and, and pointing to them and being like white privilege, and the man is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Hmm. I can't even pay my bills, and then this guy comes Trump, and he's like, I'm going to change the economy, I'm going to help you, I'm going to be the change. Okay. Um, what's his face? Noam Chomsky actually predicted this in 2006. He was like, there's going to be a person who comes and he says the truth and he says he's going to change things and he's going to win. And that's going to be scary. And that's exactly what happened. But nobody refuses to admit that there's a problem. People are divided. There are viewpoints. And um, we're both bigoted to the other side. Okay, if you talk to me about trigger warning, safe spaces, I wouldn't listen to your arguments because I think that's fucking stupid. And I think that's a really big problem from both sides because the other side wouldn't listen to my argument and I wouldn't listen to theirs and then we, we'll never reach um, a midpoint where everybody can exist um, together until we don't realize that we need to coexist in order for this to not become two different countries and for tyranny to not um, overtake the great United States of America. We need to sit down and have these difficult conversations even if we don't agree with anything the other person says. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very important and unfortunately it's not happening. So do you feel like a lot of the perhaps progress in social change that's happened over the past say 30, 40 years or however long perhaps hasn't included those perhaps more rural so, people that you're referring to? When I say change, like economic or social mm. so okay um, so a big problem is that a lot of federal policies are not implemented on the state level and the states and counties are free to make their own policies so in states like Alabama and in like the southern states with more southern values more nationalistic values they never implemented policies to curb um, you know just the racism or the social bias or discrimination, okay? And there was no social progress because of that, because there was only this one community working in a factory or just like working in a convenience store, living in their own, you know, little bubble. And no immigrants went there. Okay? Because the place was racist, there was no technology, yada yada. The racist bump the immigrants went to the cities. 
yeah. which developed, okay? Because if you look at the demographic dividend of the United States of America, it's a very old country. Mm. Um, it's dying, okay? And if the immigrants don't come here, they're just going to have a lot of old people and no young people. Mm. People here have one child or zero children or like adopt kids from Vietnam and Korea and they have so many people growing old as mm. compared to the demographic dividend of like places like India where 55% uh, of the population is under 25 years of age so you have a lot big working population but in the United States you had the baby boomers the big working population which is all now the big old population and they're all eating up our social security they're eating up our taxes they're not working they're not providing to the society and if you don't have Im immigrants they're gonna fucking die because there's no money in social security left okay and um the immigrants, they only went to the cities. I, I digress, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they only went to these places and they never went to these states. So now this day, these states um, uh, have really old white people. Mm. Okay, there's no progress because no, no, nobody's working. Okay, if you look at Florida, you look at the Panhandle, Tallahassee, nobody's working. That's where people go to retire because it's the beach. Mm. Um, and there are no immigrants there because they're just old white people living there. And I don't want to live next to like 20 old white people who hate me, of mm. course. So no immigrants going to go there, no working person's going to go there. There's going to be no progress and there's going to be progress in only these small areas which end up becoming liberal because if you see people in different races around you every day, you're going to be better acquainted to them and you're going to look at more socialist policies that help them you're going to be better acquainted with undocumented immigrants as compared to this white person who just hears Fox News and all of these um, politicians telling them that these brown people are taking your kids jobs and these immigrants are the worst so of course they're going to have this fear and that's going to turn into anger and you know come out in yeah. how they vote so it's kind of like become a country of like bubbles mm -hmm. in the sense there's not so much integration yep okay fair enough so i suppose like politics is in a bit of a difficult state in this country at the moment in that you've got you know a very much a two-party system and all that and i suppose yeah, you've kind of only got two options and both of them are very establishment. <clears throat> and then you've got Donald Trump. Yeah. You know, like, even the election, it was never about Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. It was about the establishment versus the change. Mm. Donald Trump, the slogan, Make America Great Again, says, we need change, okay? He went, okay, Hillary Clinton, even when she went to the swing states, she went to universities. Or she went to like fundraisers. She always like she spoke to the crowd that already um, believed in what she said. Whereas mm. Donald Trump went to the rural areas. He went to the you know just what do you call it? The panhandles of America. He went to the worst places. He's gonna be like, I'm gonna bring change. And if I'm a person, I have no money. I have no scope for improvement. I, I think I don't think I don't know how to send my kids to college. I, I don't think there's any way that I can progress in life. And this person comes and says, I will change that. And you yeah. just need to vote for me. I'm going to go and I'm going to vote and I'm going to be very happy that I voted for this man because I feel he's gonna bring change. 
and I'm gonna shoot. I'm shooting myself in the foot, mm. but I don't realize. Yeah. What I took out of these two conversations were that there is a population of voters, mostly white and working class, who feel that the country has gotten away from them. The Western world has been changing for many years, and in ways that certainly haven't benefited them. Wages haven't increased for them as quickly as they have for those who went through tertiary education. Values have changed, shifting away from those that they hold dear. The country has become more diverse, but they see this diversity as a threat to their way of life. As far as I'm concerned, the world has changed for the better. But something that I really agree with is that not everyone has been a willing participant in this change. I believe that the way that this world has changed has brought real benefits to many people. The LGBTQ community is certainly less persecuted than it once was. People are talking openly about violence against coloured communities in the United States. And discriminatory attitudes are now frowned upon and reported in the media. But there is resistance to that change. If the world is changing in a way that doesn't benefit you, then perhaps you could believe that it's working against you. And this election, somebody gave voice to that resistance to change. And that man was Donald Trump. It is still worth remembering, though, that the polls all predicted a comfortable victory for Hillary Clinton. Conventional wisdom was that she should have won the election comfortably. So let's look across the aisle for a moment. Why didn't Hillary win? Hillary Clinton didn't inspire the black vote or the Spanish vote. She didn't inspire them to turn out the vote. Um, which is a, a, a dangerous situation with um, non-compulsory voting. Yeah. Um, that most of the campaign is actually spent on trying to get people to vote rather than having them vote. And yeah. a lot of the time you can look at that as people actually buying votes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's quite... Yeah, I disagree with compulsory voting, but... Sorry, non-compulsory voting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because of that, um, uh, like the, the black and Hispanic vote has... Um, well, recently, the black vote's always been uh, uh, democratic since uh, Reagan, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but the Hispanic vote more recently has been incredibly democratic as well. Yeah. Um, but there are also working class people who have to work on Tuesdays. Yeah. Um, and they didn't have they didn't have the the inspiration to turn out to vote. They did with Obama. Mm. But not with Clinton. Um, do you think that's because like Clinton's inherently uninspiring, or do you think it was that her campaign spent all its energy focusing on how bad Trump was and thus didn't focus on perhaps her benefits? Yeah, it was a bit of both. Um, yeah, there was probably too much focus on Trump, and rather than it being inclusive, it was very, it was more dismissive of him. Mm. Um, so it, it wasn't. This like starting a conversation and explaining why Trump's way weighs the wrong way. It's just you know complete shut up. Um, I've got the particular term that they used at one stage, but yeah, it was on the lines of undesirables. Yeah. Um, Trump supporters being un- undesirable, and I mean, yeah, you know they are American citizens. Mm. They're proud American citizens. You can't just dismiss them completely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like she. 
she wasn't inclusive in her campaign, but she is also, uh, to a degree, inherently uninspiring, and I, I think that comes down to sexism, to a degree. Um, you know, uh, if she was passionate in any interview, she is called a loud bitch, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if she's not, she's boring. Yeah. Um, and you don't really have that same that that same degree with with male politicians. Yeah. Um, where everything, every one of her mannerisms was attacked, and it, it just looks so. She she just looks so set up. So. Um, Fake. She was such a politician. Yeah, yeah. Because of it, and I mean, if she was allowed to just have been natural, mm. maybe uh, you know she would have been more inspiring. But I, I don't really see how she could have without being attacked completely for whatever reason. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think America's really ready for a female president yet, which is a, a, sh- a shame because, I mean, it's crazy that they haven't had one. Yeah. But, it, yeah, the, the, the way that the system works, it's, it's not, it's not, they're not ready yet. Yeah. Um, um, and, you know, like, uh, Clinton wa- lost this election in the Rust states, the Rust Belt. Yeah. Um, which is incredibly shocking. Like the last time the Rust Belt went Republican was under Reagan. Yeah. But I wouldn't have voted for Hillary Clinton either. I do not like. I love Hillary Clinton as a person. Yeah. Okay. She's so shrewd. She's so conniving. You need that to be a politician. You need to be a bad person. Respect yeah. her. Respect her choices. Amazing lady. Yeah. But a lot of policies that she and Obama administration put in which are the reason that I get strip search at airports I um, can't stay here legally okay I um, have issues you know like getting a driver's license in the US so many like random barriers put in by stupid federal laws that claim to be helping everybody but like negatively affect a really big minority the international and even though I, I wouldn't have voted for Republican because I don't think they have any intention of fixing that Yeah. I know the liberals don't have yeah. any intention of fixing that either and I don't believe in the principle of voting for the lesser evil mm. and I think the Democrats need to take a step back and realize we need to change what we do. Mm. We need to get a little more Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren than Hillary Clinton. Mm. I think Hillary Clinton did a lot. I mean, for me, for me being a woman, seeing her in this position, like running and being a major, the first woman major party presidential candidate is awesome and I think had she been not so establishment and I don't know for me because it was it is hard it was hard to trust her because of everything with the emails because we're as Bernie Sanders always said we're tired of the damn emails but but we were tired of the emails but we weren't because we're like wow this isn't good that's not what I want a candidate to be and it was yeah I think it needs to go back to what it needs to go back to the people it needs to go back to 
we need to help these people. We need to help American citizens because the country's always changing and we need to fix what we broke. Yeah. <laughs> That's my opinion. The question of why Hillary Clinton lost seems a lot more difficult to answer than that of how Trump won. Ask 10 different people and you'll get 10 different answers. In my case, three different people and three different answers. But a common theme seems to be that Hillary didn't inspire people. In a country that is fed up with politicians, she was the archetypal politician. Go online and you'll find a huge number of explanations for Hillary Clinton's loss. Negative campaigning, not physically being Bernie Sanders, being unable to overcome entrenched sexist attitudes, being seen as distrustful, years and years of sabotage by the Republican Party, Russian hacking, conspiracy theories being taken too seriously by the media, and much, much more. My take? I think it comes down to values ultimately. Our own values, the values of the candidates, and the values that we perceive the candidates as having. And I know that that's an odd thing to say, given that the words Trump and values don't go together often or particularly well. But to listen to his supporters, you'd believe that Trump was the protector of all things American, standing up for what's good about the country, whereas believing that liberal groups want to water down and replace those his values. I ultimately felt that to get further into this question, I had to find out what these values are that Americans hold dear. And where did they come from? What are the history of those values? What's the history of the United States? What does the United States stand for? Next time on Outside View. Chapter 11, those tiny frogs got fingers on the nuclear bomb. Then the guard.